Welcome to Startup Confidential. What food and beverage industry players will never tell you that you need to know if you're running a startup. Let's do this. Welcome to episode 55. Why I said no to $255,000 in work so far and what you should learn from it. James, what the How many times do we have to tell you we don't care about your damn B2B business? Okay, geez, sorry for sharing, people. But I'm going to do this. So tough toodles. And here's why. I said no to this money to remain strategically focused to kill off deadly distractions. I recently mentioned this feat of ascetic restraint as social proof that I do what I preach in a recent client conversation that I had. That client paused in complete bewilderment when I told her that I had turned away a quarter of a million dollars in billable work since starting my company. This was work I had time to do. These were people who wanted to work with me. At first, I was concerned that her bewilderment meant she was rethinking her decision to hire a complete moron as her growth advisor, a so-called growth advisor who would throw away growth for his own business. I explained my mounting no-shit-money pile like this. Look, as an entrepreneur, you grow profitably by focusing a lot, by saying no to business that is toxic, whatever that means for your business model and goals. Now, in consulting, a business I'm sure you don't care about, but you're going to hear about it anyways, toxic business means business from clients who are A, very unlikely to make use of what you say, B, who are excruciatingly agonizing to work with, or C, who simply don't respect your time or expertise, or, joy joy, all three at once. I had a banker in Seattle when I was starting out offer me $40,000 to do category review relevant to some CPG company in their portfolio, and they're not CPG experts. This was before my book, when, like those of you in the death funnel, selling less than half a million a year, cash was tight, and dang, did I like the sound of that number. But I was ready to get these kinds of cuckoo offers, and here's what I said to him. Look, as qualified as I am to do that, it would mean lots of time in Excel, lots of PowerPoint, probably six to eight weeks of my time. During that period, I would have no time to do sales or marketing for the business I'm trying to build, which is not stringing together long PowerPoint projects. So to bring in money with totally off-center business, my real business would basically have to get put on pause. Then slowly, I'd wind up doing what the cash is telling me to do and not what I want to be doing for cash. And I refuse to do that for any amount of money. Sorry. Never heard from that guy again. In consumer goods, folks, toxic business early on amounts primarily to wasting inventory in a non-strategic manner. And how long does it take to get past this wasted inventory as a small startup? Folks, it could take 18 months if it's really slow moving and the buyer's floor velocity standard is somehow painfully low, like a health food store that is independent and poorly run. Wait, James, but but I already got my money on this wasted inventory. I mean, I already sold it to them. So what the hell do I care? Because that inventory wasn't available in your storage to sell into channels where growth is actually strong right now for your brand. So now you find yourself potentially without a stocks in your growth stores and you're losing sales to consumers and you're delaying your growth and your ability to cover fixed costs and get through the death funnel. While you have inventory, you could have been selling, but it's stuck in a retail dead zone. Now, I watched a client make this mistake last year with inventory stuck in Saskatchewan when she needed it in 
Toronto. Anyone who has stared at a Coman's minimum order case volume and cried themselves to sleep knows how awful it would be to find half of your inventory just sprayed into worthless points of distribution where neither brand awareness nor product relevance can even be found. And sometimes where the product cannot even be found, except by a dog. Both retailers and even direct consumers can easily fool you folks with one purchase only to disappear and never reorder. That's the empty, hellish sound of your soul. It happens a lot, this thing I'm talking about, this spraying into a dead zone when you sell mindlessly to independent retailers who honestly are much less picky about onboarding startup brands because you know what? It's usually the distributor who's managing their entire shelf set in every category. <laughs> they're often stocking the store and telling, not stocking the store physically, but they're literally sending the stuff and then they just put it up. In other words, many independent stores, including natural food stores, are led by their distributor in terms of what to merchandise and even where on the shelf to put it in some cases. Saying no to retail customers that offer a poor strategic fit is really important when you're in the death funnel, folks, and consumer baggage goods. And, and, you know, as I pointed out earlier, I had my own death funnel where distraction could have led me not to be doing what I'm doing right now because I'd be back at a desk job. When cash is tight and you can't sleep well, that's exactly when you can't afford to spray even 10% of your produced inventory into dead zone retail outlets, folks, because you do not have six months of inventory stacked up somewhere like a bigger phase three or four brand does. You don't have that luxury. So again, I, I literally watched a client last year lose production due to a co-packer mistake, okay? This is not exactly unheard of when people are picking the wrong co-man or they're not really managing them very well, or they just have bad luck because they can only get access to the tiny guys. So she sprayed that inventory into some of that inventory into Saskatchewan before that mistake happened. So then she's losing produced volume on the right hand and she sprayed a bit of it with the left hand into Nowheresville. And if you've ever been to Saskatchewan, trust me, man, there's more caribou than humans there. Now she only did this to get cash. And guess what? So she went out of stock in some of her high volume stores close to home base. Oops. Ironically, you can misdistribute and get away with it much better in phase three and beyond. It's actually a luxury of success to fuck up your distribution to the tune of three, four hundred stores that basically were a dumb idea. It's true. It just gets buried in the math. And it happens routinely as folks in phase three and four are adding stores, doors, quite aggressively in absolute numbers, which is the right time to be doing that, not phase one and two, because daddy wrote you a big check. Okay. But in phase one and two, folks, what I just described is you have to be patient and hyper-disciplined as I just indicated I was in my business. As you build retail very strategically where the shopper base is most likely to discover you without any marketing at all. Now, this is not a green light to spray your early inventory into a bunch of low-traffic independent health food stores on the basis that, well, those are strategically the right shoppers. Well, maybe, except that the absolute number of them going into those lovely stores controlled by NCGA and the co-op chains is tiny. So those Veloc those stores might have the right shopper base from an ideological niche audience perspective, but they can be just as much of a Velocity dead loan as a food line in rural North Carolina. 
Seen it in the data, folks. And some of you probably seen that in Satori too and cried. So this is the reality. Gotta be careful. Grow in physical retail where the market is giving you strong signals early on and double down there before you expand. Say no to other opportunities and distractions, including the temptation to launch into an adjacent category just to generate launch revenues and dilute your sensitive, highly sensitive brand information. That's all I've got for you this time, folks. And as always, please be safe out there. Dr. Richardson's new book, Ramping Your Brand, is available now on Amazon. Please check it out and spread the word. And don't forget also to take his Founders Quiz to see if your team is ready to ride the ramp of exponential growth. You can download the quiz at rampingyourbrand.com anytime. And feel free to share your scores with Dr. Richardson anytime at james at premiumgrowthsolutions.com.